All right, everyone, welcome to the Scales of Justice. This is our second episode. Yeah, yeah. Man, feels good. Feels good. I'm James Price Sock, and with me I have Elijah. My name is Elijah McCutcheon. I'm here with James. James, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. I had a long weekend, I had a chance to rest a little bit. How about yourself? You know, I've been enjoying myself. Nothing too crazy. Um, it, it's a good. It's the summer is here, which is what we want, which which is what we love. Um, and in that, you know, um, you have a lot of free time on your hands. Like, so so have you started reading anything this summer by chance? Not yet. I just got a book today. Mm-hmm. Um, culturally responsive teaching mm. is the book, and so a colleague and I are going to be facilitating a book group for um, my old high school. Okay. Using that text. And so I can't wait to get into it. And I think we w- I'll be able to take some things away from it and apply it to my own journey. Yeah, yeah. Those are always good. I, right now I'm reading How to Listen with Intention. Mm. Learning how to listen better. Um, but I got a bunch of different books on social justice this summer. You know, trying to get more educated, mm-hmm. you know, and, and trying to be, you know, more informed. And, and with that journey, you know, there's also movies that you can watch, too. Yeah. With that. And as you can tell by the title of today's episode, people, we're going to be talking about this whole concept of um, that because you watched a movie, you are an expert on justice. <laughs> uh, a lot of people have that opinion. I know it's crazy. You're probably like, nah, no one thinks like that. But yes, there are people who think... Because they watch certain films revolving around social justice, they are now the experts. And so today's episode, we're going to kind of dive into that topic and and kind of evaluate whether or not that's true. Um, so, So James, the first things first is, can a movie be used to understand justice? Absolutely. Yeah. It, one thing that, that art does for us in general is, is put us in the position of another human being. Yeah, and so I, I think for for that aspect of things, uh, it gives us an ability to empathize, you know. But it's all dependent on the viewer. That's it. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's like, what are you going to do with the content that's presented before you? Mm-hmm. Like, will you just sit there and look at it, and be like, "Oh man, that's really crazy." Let me go on TikTok real quick and post about it, or. Mm-hmm. Like, will you take what the director, which I think is kind of important, like, what is the intention of the director mm-hmm. for what and why they are presenting this to you? And so, I, for me, I think it can be used to understand justice if that's your intention. Yes. If you're just looking for a good drama, because most of these, I mean, if we be honest, most of our movies revolving around social justice, um, unfortunately, are oftentimes dramas mm-hmm. or... Um, I've seen some documentaries that really go into the details revolving around certain certain aspects and certain points revolving around justice and how to keep that conversation going. Mm-hmm. I think um, it can be used to understand justice, but really it can be used to keep the conversation going. You yes. know, like do you do you feel like sometimes movies can spark a conversation revolving around justice? Oh, yeah. I, I've had several conversations based on either, you know, books or movies or mm-hmm. a TV show or something yeah. like that, where 
it does get people's gears moving a little bit. It gets them thinking about things a little bit differently and having a space to be able to process those things. Yeah. Uh, I've been on, you know, the initiating side and the receiving side of, mm. of movie watching and it just kind of getting our brains going. And so, yeah, I would say, yeah, it's done a lot of good depending on what movie it is. Some people yeah. do it very well. Some people do not. And we're going to get into that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the good ones, they, they really get people thinking, I think, in a very productive direction. Yeah. And so, and so with that, like, what are some of the um, good examples, good examples of movies that address justice? Um, and I'd encourage you all to take some, take some notes here on these great films. Again, we're not saying they can help you um, teach social justice, but I think what we're going, what I hope that you all understand from today's episode is that it's a good baseline. Mm-hmm. a good base for the conversation. So James, hit me with your first one. What is not in any particular order, but um you know. Okay. All right, I'm going to go to 2016 and do I am not your negro, uh which is a documentary uh directed by Raul Peck uh and it's based on James Baldwin's unfinished manuscript Remember This House. Mm. Um, so Samuel Jackson narrates it. It's really good because it talks about Baldwin's storytelling uh, desire to tell stories. And especially when he saw so many black bodies being murdered uh, yeah. by civil rights, you know, um, you know, civil rights leaders being murdered. He said someone has to live to tell the story. And that was going to be his role in all of this was to observe, tell the story. Uh, and he also did some educating in his time too. But he, the way he talks about movies reflecting society, that's why I think for this specific topic, that one is a great one because it yeah. shows how people will drop things within movies to help influence society one way or another. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and so he talks about that specifically with, with black and white relations. So it's it's a good watch. Yeah. Whew. Um. I kind of, uh, okay, I'm going to go with The Hate You Give. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one, loved the book. I read it in high school, one of my favorites. And so when they said the movie was coming out, I knew I had to go see it. So the mo- the movie The Hate You Give, which follows a teenage girl and um, kind of her kind of her battle with addressing the conversation of all around justice in um, her suburban high school. And then also grappling with the effects that it has on her, you know, direct neighborhood. I'm not going to reveal too much about the movie because it's a really good one. I encourage you to check it out. It's on HBO Max. But um, to me, um, as someone who was moving up into suburban America, Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of um, a good viewpoint on how exactly would you address that one because you see her parents' point of view. So, like, with me, I'll probably raise kids in the suburban neighborhood. So, like, how do you, um, you know, educate your children on that? And mm. how do you prepare them for dealing with these topics? And I think, ooh, sorry. I think a lot of times um, parents don't really know how to, you know, encounter that conversation revolve around justice. And in particularly, how to train up your child to lead those conversations and to be able to educate others. I think 
a lot of times um, we put too much pressure on teachers mm. and too much pressure on the educational system mm-hmm. and not enough pressure on the parents in the household to be um, in charge of educating the children as well. So when they go out into the world, they can call out bigotry, um, homophobia, racism, all of those different things in a true uh, perspective. So that is why the hate you give is one of my favorites. Because if you're a parent, they kind of touch on how exactly you can touch that topic. I like that. I like that. I, I got a chance actually to uh, meet the author. Really? You met mm. Angie? I met Angie. Wow. Angie Towns. Yeah. Jealous. Yeah. Really good speaker. Um, we, they had like a, a book sign and everything. Uh-huh. Westerville Public Library actually brought, brought her in. Wow. Uh, and so the... People kept talking about how much they loved uh, the book, and she was talking about how much of this was based on her personal experiences that really? she embedded into this book. Wow. Yes. So okay. she was telling us, hey, that this scene was influenced by this part of my life, and she would tell that story. Wow. Yeah, and, and so I think the only thing that people didn't like about it was they, they felt that Hollywood casted a light-skinned girl <laughs> yeah. in her role to be more palatable to the audience. She was definitely dark-skinned in the book. Yes. <laughs> she yes. definitely was. But, yeah. you know, I mean, we, I don't know. We're not going to get into colorism on right. this episode, but go ahead, Chase. That's going to be a later episode. <laughs> it's going to be sure. a later one. Because uh, I think that's a good example of that. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones, we're going to a different aspect of social justice. I have Food, Inc., uh, so that's a, a 2008 documentary um, by filmmaker Robert Kenner. And so this is looking at corporate farming in the U.S. Okay. And, and so it look, it talks about how agribusiness produces food that is unhealthy in ways that is harmful to the environment, the animals, and the employees. Mm, wow. You know, you know and, the, and on the farms and stuff. And so it's, it's a good one because... I've seen food documentaries not do well, and I'll name one later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, it doesn't say, oh, this is, you know, you shouldn't eat meat, you shouldn't eat this. But it's like, hey, this is what's going on, uh, and this is the behind the scenes, and there are better ways for us to be preparing our food yeah. uh, for sale. Yeah. Uh, and, and look at how many people, including the animals, are getting harmed throughout this process. Right. But there's a more responsible way we can do this. Yeah. So I like that one. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um. Uh. The next one for me would be um, Trial Four. Um. It's a documentary on Netflix. Um. This is based around an individual who was um, wrongfully um, convicted of a crime and killing a Boston police officer. Mm. Um. Uh, a lot of people don't like movies like this because it kind of brings into the conversation of black trauma mm. and kind of like reliving that trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I thought it was important to watch because one, um, stories like those only get told. The, it's kind of sad, but stories like those only get told if people watch them and kind of it gets popular. Does that does that make sense? Yes. And it's really sad. It's really, really sad because I feel like those stories should be told no matter what. Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening is unless it's a popular story or something that's trending, it oftentimes does not go told. So that's why I kind of um, go, you know, with the intention of um, watching that, um, that film for me. 
Um, it's a really great story, um, but it does bring into, um, you know, the importance of elections. Mm. Like the, yeah. the 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 real. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much, but the real key in that entire documentary was an election, and. It was like it was really crazy. So if you have not seen Trial Four, I would encourage you to see it. Um, if you are a teacher, I'd encourage you to show it in your class too. Mm. Um, primarily because it furthers this conversation. But especially if you have seniors who are of the age to vote, or if you are a, a, a first year professor at a university, um, this one really brings into the importance of an election and how how I mean how it can change the life of everyone in that city or in that area because of who they vote for. Mm. That's one I haven't seen. I got I to gotta check that one out. Man, That's James, it. you've been saying that for weeks. I know, I know, I know. There's just so much to watch that I often just get, I'll, uh-huh. I'll be scrolling and looking for something, then something else will catch my eye, and I'm like, oh, let me check that out. Okay. Like, that's what, that's always So I need to hack your... Netflix and just put that on the spotlight. That's absolutely right. That's exactly what needs to happen. But speaking of elections, my next one is Milk. Uh, so this one's uh, about Harvey Milk. Uh, and so in 1977, he actually uh, became the first uh, openly gay uh, gay man elected to a notable public office here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is in San Francisco. Uh, and he, you know, he was he was murdered and everything. And this, but it tells a story about him and all, everything that went on in his personal and professional uh, life to get to this office, and just shows uh, some of the hurdles that he had to go through, and you know, with his relationship and with just navigating uh, politics to get to a point where he would be taken seriously and valued the same as yeah, other people. Yeah. Uh, and so you just, I always try to look for these overlapping things, and you know the. The desire for human value is one of the uh, linking uh, aspects of a lot of these social justice mm-hmm. films. Uh, so it's 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 a good watch. Um, it came out in two thousand eight. So yeah. Oh wow, man, that sounds really good. Man, okay. Um, mm. Okay, um, I'm gonna go with um, Monster. Mm, okay. Did you see Monster yet, James? No, not yet. I suggest all these movies to James, <laughs> and he says, yeah, man, I'm going to watch it. Last time he said, yeah, I'll try to watch it this weekend. You know what happens? See what ha- happened was? Oh, no excuses, it, man. All right. It's all right. it's fine. You know, I you know, I still love you, James, but I'm just going to say I know not to suggest any more movies. But Monster <laughs> is a, for me, when I watch movies involving around justice, um, I want to. I don't want your stereotypical one. I can't stand those. They really bother me. Um, and this one is is educational justice, um, and it's revolving around college behind bars. It's, mm. That's the name of the documentary. It's on Netflix. It's like eight episodes long. Shoot, did I say monster? Yeah, bro, <laughs> you did. You did. Listen, anyways, I'm going to talk about Monster and College Behind Bars. There we go. We're going to do both. All right, Monster um, looks at the uh, perspective of the role that a lawyer plays in an incident in which a young man is called a monster and treated poorly before a jury, 
before they even get to hear the whole story. It talks about the role of a lawyer in that situation. It's really, really good. Also on Netflix. College Behind Bars, which is who I thought I was really talking about, <laughs> um, is an amazing documentary that follows this program in a New York prison um, where inmates are educated and can leave with their bachelor's degree. And it kind of... Um, goes with this story of should an inmate receive tuition, I mean, receive education mm -hmm. when there are millions of kids outside paying for what they're getting for free while inside. Mm. And it's, I mean, it's a wonderful story. You get to know some of the inmates. You get to know about the whole process, um, what the teachers think, um, what some of their families think. Which is which was a real twist because I would think families would be so excited. Nah, right. they not they not going for it. They're like educated for free. Mm. How dare you? So it's it really talks about okay, if the whole point of the original, which should have been the original intent of the prison system, was to reform individuals and to get them to come out better than how they came in. What role does education play in that? Right. Do you stop them at an associate's degree or do you let them go to the bachelor's and the master's and the doctorate? Well, in there, one of them left out with a bachelor's, two bachelor's degrees, and can speak two different languages now. Wow. And they work at a, uh, a startup company. Well, hmm. it was a startup company back when they um, first came out but he's doing well so like it's just it just really goes into that conversation and for me as someone who wants to work in the education field in the field of um, higher education with student affairs mm -hmm. it kind of does beg on the question of okay um, if they can kind of get this education for free while in prison like why do we charge so much mm -hmm. so it's it's a really good um, documentary I think I'd encourage everyone to watch it it really does make you sit and think um, and for me, I have no problem with anyone receiving an education. I think you should receive it. But for a lot of people, they're like, how dare you educate inmates? So it's just really interesting. I'd encourage you to check it out. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. So you can give two. <laughs> I guess, okay. Yeah, okay, let's see. Let's see. What two do I want to do now? Um, I will go with, you know, one that I, that I, I did like, um, One Night in Miami. Uh, so I really liked that one. I loved it. I've yeah. watched it three times. Three times? Yeah. Yes. It's, you know, I and I know that a lot of the conversation um, was speculative. Yeah. Like, you know, they had to fill in a lot of gaps, but mm -hmm. it was based on a lot of things that really happened. And so I thought they did a good job of capturing, like, I can really picture these conversations oh, yeah. happening with these Man. characters. Woo! I James, Man. one night in Miami. Yeah, the whole they talked about colorism. Yes, they talked about um, being palatable. Mm -hmm. Like it's it. I mean, Regina King was a director, right? Yes, she was. Yeah, I man loved it. Yeah, so this one was new. It was twenty twenty. It was released in twenty twenty. Uh huh. Yeah, Regina King um, did uh, direct it. And it was it was very interesting because the main characters are Malcolm X, Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Muhammad Ali. And so you look at these four huge figures, yeah, um, in society in general, but especially within the black community. And you know their conversations, like you talked about, about strategy, 
about religion, about colorism, about yeah. uh, distribution of wealth, about how do you properly uplift your own people? Mm -hmm. What's the strategy in order to do that? And they had some differences in yeah. that, and that. And you know, the thing about it is, is that these discussions are very um, effective today mm -hmm. it, it, because people are still talking about very similar things of like, yeah. okay, what do we, how should we address our community needs? What's the best strategy to do that? Um, when do you stand up? When do you go with the flow? Um, all those kind of things. So I highly, highly encourage um, people watching that one. I think it's a good conversation starter, uh, even more so than some of the others that I mentioned. I think this one, because there's so much conversation, mm -hmm. it really breeds natural conversation outside the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of people are upset, like, that's not what happened. Well, we don't know what happened. Yeah. But we do know that it had to be, it couldn't have just been, yo, how's the family and kids? Couldn't, could not have been. But the best part about that movie, I think, was it showed the human side of Malcolm. Mm -hmm. um, I know we love Spike Lee's Malcolm X. Right. Love it. it missed out on a lot of stuff, in my opinion, mm. revolving around his family life mm -hmm. and uh, Malcolm X as a father and a dad. Because uh, he does talk about that in his book. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, where was that at? But I think, again, which really goes back to the main point with these movies is, what is the director or writer's intention? Mm -hmm. Spike Lee's intention was to talk about his role in the civil rights movement and what that looked like and kind of Malcolm X and how he got to that point. So he wouldn't have shown the whole humanistic side of, um, you know, Malcolm. But Regina King was kind of showing... These are all humans who are trying to figure out the best way to kind of advocate and speak up for their community. Mm. So in all of these films and all of these movies, whatever the director or writer's position is, that is who really kind of crafts how you see the movie, you know? And so yeah. one more movie is um, The 13th by mm. Ava du du DuVernay. DuVernay. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but the, 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 the follow-up that she did with, um, Oprah, the kind of where they did a sit down is also amazing. Um, the 13th was really so, I was a, I was a sophomore in high school when it came out. Okay. And it was so like, I knew it, you know, like there was something wrong with the system and it just it kind of explained it to me. Will Smith has another one called Amend, which talks about okay. the civil rights era of amendments that came out. And it's also really, really good. Um, and you can see some of your favorite actors kind of voicing the lines and the words mm. of some of the political figures of the day. It's a really great, really great documentary. I encourage you to check out Amend and 13th Amendment, which are both on Netflix. Awesome. Awesome. And I think I it would be remiss if we didn't um, talk about um, Hidden Figures is also a good one. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching that one. Again, it's a story that I didn't know about. Right, It's a true yeah. story. Three African-American women um, at NASA and their role into what we talk about uh, as one of our historic landmark, you know, space, space right. adventures. You know, so like space missions. 
so, you know, Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson are the three women represented in this film. Uh, and it, it, it kind of gets you thinking about, hmm, why didn't I learn about this in school? So we think about, Whew, you talked man. about the education system. And I yeah. think one of the jobs of the education system is to be able to tell the complete stories and not leave people out of the textbooks. Right. So we look at who all is getting left out of these textbooks and who is writing the textbooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it shouldn't take for me to be an adult right? Know, for me to learn about, you know, uh, these three women. And that and also like the whole... You know Tulsa, like people are just now finding out about Tulsa. Like when, yeah. when, like I grew up, and this is why I say teachers are some of the best people in the entire world. I grew up; all of my history teachers were black growing up, mm-hmm. like all of them. So, and one of them was named Mr. Carter, and he did not play when it came to black history mm. throughout the entire year. It wasn't just February; it was the entire year. So, I mean, I remember learning about Mansa Musa, Tulsa, all of those different types of events. Then when I got to higher levels, they were like, what's Tulsa? It was like, what? How do you? So, if you are listening and you're trying to figure out how do I educate my students and give them kind of the, the information they need so that they can go out and be citizens of impact. These are some of the films that are, again, a baseline for how you engage those conversations with those students. But with good movies, there are bad. And James, you have some bad movies. What are some bad movies that we should not? All right, quickly. All right, uh, I talked about fooding before. So on the Mm -hmm. opposite side of that spectrum, in my personal opinion, uh, I would say would be What the Health. Um, okay. I think in that one, they it was very biased in terms of like eating meat is just bad. Mm-hmm. Free, instead of saying eating this kind of meat would be better if it's prepared this way, it's going to do good for your body. If it's prepared this way, it's going to do bad for your body. It kind of really rubbed a lot of viewers the wrong way uh-huh. as far as saying, oh, eating meat is just bad in general, so you shouldn't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. So it's just kind of like I I, I think they could have. They could have done that a better way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other one, I I didn't like Django, and I don't know. That's technically not like a, I don't know if it's a social justice it's film. It's not at all. But, but it, it is a de- depiction of slavery, which a lot of people are going to take for gospel. Ooh, okay, I can get that. I can see that. Right. So like when you don't have it taught in schools, uh huh. When it's not being taught in the household. Mm-hmm. You're going to rely on media depiction, yeah, to help you understand what happened in history. So, like, there's some that gives some responsibility to uh, you know the films that we're talking about today too. Is you you might be the introduction to something for some right. Uh, and in Django, I think it was more of like Quentin Tarantino wanted to take a period piece and make it like just gory because that's pretty much what it was. I mean, there were some funny parts and mm-hmm. everything like that. And I'm a little bit sore just about how Jamie Foxx is not was not the main character out of that because when the awards came out, he wasn't up for lead after uh, actor Christoph um, Waltz was. That's still so weird to me because I I underst- for me I thought Jamie was the main character. I mean, it's called Django. It is called Django after all. It's not called 
whatever his last name was. Dr. King Schultz. Yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't like so. That is weird. That is weird, and it kind of talks about sometimes the processing that individuals have on persons and characters. My movie is our friend Martin. Ban <laughs> that movie. Stop showing it. Stop showing our friend Martin. Our friend Martin is not the answer to racism. Okay? <laughs> Stop showing it. You have been showing that movie since my parents were in school. Stop it. Throw it in the trash. Garbage. Burn it. I don't ever want to see that movie again. All right? Yeah. I'm so I'm serious. Kidding. Please stop showing our friend Martin. That came from your heart. That it came, came from, from soul, my, bro. Every part of me <laughs> hates that movie. It's like, why? It was like every year they played that movie. It's like, is this the only mo person y'all know from history? That's all they got. Like, we don't got nobody else? Mm -mm. Nope. Nobody? Nobody. Not one. Not one? Not one other person. Let alone two. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was just like, class, it's celebration of Black History Month. We're going to watch our friend Martin. Why? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then it, it didn't make, the storyline didn't make sense. It was just terrible, awful. Stop playing that movie. All right. Stop playing that movie. And so, um, one of the questions I had was, um, has the creation of social justice films become trendy? So, like, look at movies like When They See Us and um, See You Yesterday on Netflix, oh, which yeah. is a spike. Did you actually see that one, I James? Did. I did see that one. Yes, I did. I suggested See You Yesterday to James. You saw it? I watched that one. Yes, Who I directed did. that movie? Spike Lee. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Spike Lee directed the movie. It's, it's, it's a talking, good movie. I, I like it because it kind of puts us into a situation like, man, if I could have prevented that from happening, that Woo! from happening, if I can go back in time and actually do something about that, and but then there's a, a domino effect depending on yeah you know, the decisions that you make. Yeah. There's collateral damage. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. So, so has it become trendy? Like, is it a trend oh, yeah. to have social justice movies on your platform, Netflix and oh, Disney yeah. Plus? <laughs> See, th this is this is the 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 win inside of a loss is how uh, I like to put it. Okay, um, we talk about moral victories in sports. Mm -hmm. So you lost the game, but some really good things happen for yeah. your team within that game. Yeah. That's where we are, as in my opinion, as far as this whole movie industry is concerned. Because a lot of stuff that people are asking for, are you really getting it? It's like, because look who's still making the decisions. So yeah. it's becoming trendy yeah. because you have, okay, people are wanting to consume this right now. So yes, we'll employ uh, black people to play characters. Yes, we'll employ other communities of color to do this yeah because that's what's trendy right now so it took all this just for you to want to employ people in this way but then you still want to have control over the story that's being told mm. so if you're not ava duvernay or regina king and stuff like that and you are directing the story yourself mm -hmm. you're giving license for someone to possibly irresponsibly tell the story of another yep. group of people so 
And so, not to say that people can't do it because it's been done well before, but we've seen it done wrong so many times. You know, yeah, I agree. I agree. Hamilton is an example of being done wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand that musical. <laughs> Why? Why is it even popular? Like, it's so, like, how do I say this? We're, we're going to get a lot of hate mail because of this, Elijah. I think you hit some nerves on some people. Because of Hamilton? People love Hamilton. You love the worshiping of a <laughs> political figure who did not care about the rights of individuals, who did not look like him, and he did not marry a black woman. Oh, <laughs> that bothered me. I was like, this isn't even good history. I love history. I, I read Hamilton's book. Mm-hmm. He said some really awful things yeah. about human beings, yeah. and that was not in this. You know what? We're gonna have a whole episode dedicated to why Elijah hates Hamilton. Because one, it's the he, he reminds me so much of the history teacher that's trying to connect with the black kids and trying to do the yeah, history is cool. Hamilton is cool. He one day went in. Da, 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 da. And th- no, stop. <laughs> Throw it in the trash. Anyways, it's trendy and it's kind of I don't know. It it's awful that it's trendy and it can be done so wrong um and can hurt so many people in the process. Um but I am glad that we're getting away from the slavey movies. Thank God. Like uh. <laughs> That is the best part because I was was so tired of the 12 years of slave and the, all of the Martin Luther Kings and all of that. Cause when I tell you every time you went to a movie is because I got a new slave movie out. Bruh is, aren't we free? Like it's it. And we're, we're not quite out the woods yet. I will say because it may not be slave based movies, but it's still civil rights area based yeah. stuff. So if it's Lovecraft Country, for instance. Never seen that. Okay, so that is civil rights era type stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. Sci fi, too. So there's yeah. a lot of stuff where, you know, uh, Watchmen. That was also by Regina King. I will say that. Now, Lovecraft Country was not um, by a black person. Oh, okay. The book was not written by a black person. But we still see, I mean, even Lena Waif's new, I. I it escapes me right now, but her new series is um, kind of like that civil rights era based stuff. Mm. So like, it they just switched up the period. They just kind of like sped it up a few hundred years, but we're still not where we are today. And so it's like I I'm sick and tired of the trauma <laughs> that we have to watch. Can we just be like? Characters that are like doing regular Man, stuff. Come like, on, talk about that is so. Tr- I um, yo, I um, when you really think about it, our trauma is a whole market. Yes, black trauma is a financially stable market. It is. It is really crazy. Like you think about Boys in the Hood, uh, Minister Society, all of these loved movies by the black community. Especially that dumb movie. I don't care what you say. You can have hate or whatever. But The Color Purple is the worst movie ever. Dang. Stop playing ever? it. Ever? Ever. Stop playing it to your kids. That's a strong statement. You are rewarding black trauma. And it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, even, even, okay. <laughs> I'll give you an example. Even outside of that. What? Malcolm and Marie. I still have okay. never seen that. John David Washington. So Denzel Washington's son and Zendaya. 
Uh-huh. Now, I'm not, it's not about the acting. The acting was outstanding because they're two talented people. Uh-huh. This was not written by a black person either. Okay. But it is black trauma to the nth degree oh throughout gosh. the entire freaking film. <laughs> it's a bunch of arguing. Oh my gosh. They argue the entire so movie. Are they a toxic relationship, James? They are a toxic relationship of people who have not successively navigated their own trauma. So they inflict their trauma on each other in the decision makings that they have. And so as as the story develops, you keep hearing parts of their relationship that come out. Uh, and so you have the internal trauma and the external trauma happening throughout the film. Oh my gosh. It just irritated me because it was just arguing the entire movie. I'm like, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I needed. Right. This is not what we said. Um, BT Dubs, we've only been out of slavery 156 years. Mm -hmm. um, but when we said we don't want any more slavery movies, we didn't mean traumatic. We, I mean, can we have a, a, a regular, you know, series like The Office had or yeah. like, uh, you know, you know, Living Single or, yeah. um, you know, just regular shows about kids growing up. I mean, I, we, we know we got to deal with racism. Yeah, and it could be a part of it, but it doesn't have to be, be all the whole, of it. It does not have to be the whole. I don't want to have to deal with racism and my cousin Day Day getting shot in the same series. Mm -hmm. And we have more names than Day Day, okay? We have Denzel's. We have James's. We have Elijah's. We have, um, right, you know... Names. We have names. And we also have the the creative names, too. Mm -hmm. But not everyone. They'll just need to stop the stereotyping. It's horrible. And there's so much work to be done. And it's awful. But stop rewarding our trauma. Please. Mm -hmm. Stop. Because mm -hmm. there was an um, article by the New York Times that came out a year ago. A couple years ago, um, actually, about inherited trauma. Yeah. And how it can be in your DNA. We 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 have trauma engraved in us, literally. So yeah. I'd rather not have to see it on the screen. I don't know how people felt when they saw that scene in uh, *Menace to Society*. I don't know how they felt. Oh man! At the end, I don't know how you felt when you saw that in the movie theaters. Yeah. But it hit too close. That, you know, that was rough. You know, like or 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 Ricky, love it, love that, love that whole quote. But I hate the fact of what happens behind it. Because yeah. it kind of plays on the part of if you work hard and still get good and still get good at grades, you still may not make it out the hood. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of crazy. It is. And I understand, you know, John Singleton, you know, I great director and everything like that. And I think just so our audience is clear, we're not asking that these things shouldn't be made. We're no. asking for a spectrum. Yes. Right? Yes. We're asking for a spectrum of pieces that represent different parts of blackness. Yeah. Right? And I don't think we're getting that. Now, there are some um, pieces that are on streaming services that people can watch, and maybe we'll do an episode on that. Um, that are made outside of the United States. And so we oh, get to wow. see different yeah. parts of, you know, there. But it's like, I think it's our responsibility if we truly call ourselves um, a diverse place where there's a spectrum of blackness, then we need to be able to portray that in our films, right. movies, TV shows, and literature. And I think um, with young producers like Marsai Martin, yeah. with some of her shows that she's coming out with, are kind of engaging with that topic and 
kind of starting to play on the expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, like her movie Little was really amazing. It was good. I like, like that one. It was funny, mm-hmm. creative, but you still got the black woman. Yes. Still being successful. Yes. Uh, particularly a dark skinned woman mm-hmm. being successful, which you don't always get the the, the picture of, you know. Right. Um, so so I mean, there's a lot of work to do, but there are some good films that are out that kind of touch on. You know, and engage with that topic. And so, the final question of today is: um, Can the films and movies created be used to educate younger individuals on justice? So, like all the movies we've named today, like for one, my kids will never ever know what a color purple movie is. <laughs> they they won't even know about its existence, um, ever in my house, ever. Um, they, I mean, Miss Society, I don't think it's that age frame, mm-hmm. but I think a movie like The Hate You Give, I think middle school. Yeah. Middle school is a good age for that. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Martin will never be played in my house either. <laughs> but there are too many good movies. Kevin Hart has a show on Netflix called Kevin Hart's Guide to Black History. Mm-hmm. That's elementary school. Mm-hmm. I start my kids there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think movies can be used to educate our younger um, generation on justice and things like that. So how, what about you, James? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, you know, if you're you're looking at, you know, how do I start my kid off with this material? Yeah. Um, how do I start my class off with this material? It's looking at, okay, there are some things, there are ways that you can teach very traumatic and, 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 and toxic things Mm-hmm. Um, that happen to people in a way that people will st- any age group will understand. Yeah. So then it, it it's it's on you to like not only pick the right thing, but like how do I deliver this message? So for instance, okay, maybe I don't have to show them the film, but I can teach them about the lessons that I learned from the film. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Or maybe this whole film isn't appropriate, but this scene is a good scene. Yeah. And I can use this as a foundation. Mm-hmm. To, to teach this lesson. Yeah. So you can you can do different things. like So you don't have to show them a full-length movie. Um, you don't have to show them every scene if it's too much gory for, you know, your taste for your child to watch or something like that for the class to watch. I totally understand that. But you do, at the end of the day, want the truth to be told and understood by the young minds that are in this space. Exactly. And so if you can do that effectively, that's what truly matters. Yeah. And some of these films... Uh, can do that for you. Yeah. And others that we failed to mention today. Yeah, others. At, at, and Cass, I want to say this to that teacher listening right now. Um, even if your class is not all black, you can still use these movies to start the conversation. Yeah. Because we, everyone, that's kind of the thing. Like, everyone needs to have an example of love of justice you know everyone needs to have an experience with how to engage those conversations mm-hmm. and how to keep the conversation moving forward mm-hmm. everyone does no matter who you are you have to have those these this information and again it is a baseline baseline starting point um i personally think books are the next level personally yeah because books are kind of hard to digest like you gotta you gotta take your time with it and just be like oh mm-hmm. man I didn't even so um, 
So yeah, there's some really good kids books out there. So you tell me if you're talking really? about young young folks, maybe we could do an episode on books. Oh yeah, and and but there's that's one of the increasingly uh, produced things now is books talking about differences in identity, mm-hmm. uh, whether it become um, physical ability, uh, intellectual abu- uh, ability. Um, race, gender, all of those kind of things. There's stuff, you know, kids' books that are easy to understand, very few words um, on the page that you could teach kids, you know, just to get them started with the information. Man, that's good. That's good. Well, this has been Scales of Justice Season 1, Episode 2. Boom. I hope that we're not trending on black Twitter because I said I hate the color purple, but I said what I said. I mean, as long as they call out you and not me, I'm good with that. It's fine. So, so James, I'm not going to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, I hope we have a conversation about how traumatic uh, Color Purple is, but John don't want to have that talk. All right. <laughs> so, we will let you all go. We hope you all have enjoyed this episode. Um, once again, my name is Elijah McCutcheon. James Priceock. And this has been Scales of Justice. We hope that you come back next time for the next episode uh, as we talk about something new. Yeah. We're definitely going to talk about critical race theory this season. Oh, yes, for sure. Oh, yeah. So stay tuned for that. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.